You're not giving me easy questions, man. I thought we're gonna start with some casual conversations about, you know, uh, marketing, what B2B SaaS companies typically need. <laughs> nope, you know, I'm so. jumping in. We're going for it. <laughs> You're going for it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 11. We are back from a little bit of a hiatus, about a month now, I think. Um, and for good reason that we've been working on some really cool projects in the background. Um, and we appreciate you guys being patient and waiting for, for these episodes to come out. We've had a, a really great kind of initial reaction to this content, um, which has been really affirming that we're kind of on the right track with this. So appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, we continue to get more subscribers regardless of whether or not we post content. Um, that said, we do plan to uh, be more consistent with the the posting, and it's definitely higher high on my priority list to get these out on a regular basis. Um, so appreciate your patience as we kind of get into the right cadence of things. I just want to talk about two quick things before I jump into uh, the question for today. Uh, one is uh, in the last month, we actually launched our own HubSpot theme. So we've developed a a theme that is specific for B2B SaaS companies that are building their first kind of robust website um, on HubSpot. And for now, it's a free theme. It will not be that way forever. We plan on making it paid uh, sometime in Q1 of 2021, um, but it is live. And if you are interested in checking it out, Go to kalungi.com slash theme, and it will take you to our demo site for it. Um, it's not currently live on HubSpot's asset marketplace, but it is in the approval process and should be in the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, though, if you're interested in checking it out, um, go to the go to that link, kalungi.com slash theme, and uh, take a look at some of the modules we built. And there's also a demo video on that site where I go through the methodology and kind of how we came to one build the theme in the first place um, but it's based on our experience building dozens of b2b SaaS websites and kind of coming across these patterns that most companies need um, so it's built on top of hubspot's drag and drop builder it makes it very easy to create new websites from scratch if you're not a technical marketer uh, or you have a marketing team but you don't have someone that's super technical but can use hubspot so uh, we plan on using it for our own engagements and building back into the code base. So <clears throat> it will not be static. It will continue to evolve and become larger than it is currently, um, which is one of the reasons we named it Atlas. So if you're interested in that and you're interested in maybe taking it for a beta test and you, you have HubSpot instance, you want to install it and give it a give it a whirl and give some feedback to us, we, we would really love that too. So... If you're interested in that, email me at mike at and uh, we can have a conversation and go from there. The other piece I wanted to call out really quickly, as we're coming to a close on 2020, it only feels appropriate to talk about planning for 2021. Uh, I know that's something that's on most people's, most founders, co-founders, um, marketing leaders, sales leaders' minds right now. Well, sales leaders are focused on Q4, but marketing leaders are all thinking about how do we build pipeline uh, in the new year. Um, and so we actually launched a, a, a three-part series um, where Stein goes through kind of some of the 
the big M moves that you can make as a small B2B software company. Um, the first session has already happened, but there are two left. Uh, they're free and they're hour long sessions where Stein goes deep into the, the kind of frameworks and methodologies and approaches that you can use to uh, balance quick wins and sustainable growth. And then also uh, set up an ABM function specifically for in a B2B SaaS setting. So the next one is on December 15th. And then the, the third one and final one is on January 13th um, in the new year. But if you're interested in signing up for those, um, you can go to kalungi.com slash growth, and that should take you to the registration page. For what it's worth, these sessions are the, the, the material that we are trained on at Kalungi. And so that's, you know, this is Stein's kind of approach and framework and his methods uh, for attack. So this is what is built into our playbook. It's extremely valuable content. I think, I, I mean, I've gotten um, a ton of value and, and learnings from it. So if you are at all considering, you know, revamping your marketing efforts in 2021, I would highly recommend signing up for it and checking it out. Um, if you go to the live sessions, you, you'll have access to Stein in a Q and a format. So, um, definitely take advantage of that if you're interested and, uh, that's it. That's it for my short four minute, uh, <laughs> shameless plugs. So on the topic of growth planning, it takes us to today's topic quite nicely, which is, uh, we're talking about OKRs and so one of the tools if, if you're not familiar with okrs uh, it stands for objectives and key results and it's a tool that is specifically designed to help you kind of stay on track with your larger company objectives while also um, keeping an eye on the the day-to-day -day things and doing doing the right kind of projects that support the objectives so it balances the the short term and the long term and um, we, we at Kalungi, we have every team member set them. We hold ourselves accountable to OKRs for our clients and we use them as a, as a kind of a performance, um, management tool. So, uh, they, they originally were created by, I think it was Andy Grove while he worked at Intel and, um, for the, the full backstory on why we use them and why we think they're really effective as a, in why you know we like them more than any other objective management tool um brian graff uh another associate cmo at kalungi has a really great article on our website about it um, so if you go to kalungi.com onto the blog and use our search function and type in okr you'll you'll find his article it's uh okr is how to drive transparency accountability and results in your b2b SaaS marketing team it's pretty much a backstory guide and how to, and then he also has a template for tracking your OKRs. So if you want more detail on it, definitely check that out. But for today, I wanted to get really specific and kind of jump the the, the basics on OKRs and go into how, how do you actually create OKRs for a marketing team? Um, that's definitely a question that we're asked often. So Stein, um, I know you, are pretty passionate about this topic. You are the OKR master at Kalungi, and I wanted to kind of pose it to you and see if you could 
talk a little bit about how you set up OKRs specifically in the context of a marketing team um, and maybe give a few examples of great OKRs that uh, a marketing team could measure their performance against uh, in a B2B SaaS setting. When you uh, think about OKRs, Mike, it's interesting to um, to do this, by the way, when we're sort of planning for the new year. You still have a half of Q4 left to go to maybe test some things, get a baseline of where you are, and then uh, think of what are your objectives and, and more important, key results for Q1 to really start 2021 strong. We often work with um, marketing teams that like to use OKR. Startups are very, uh, uh, a very good environment to work with the objective and key result uh, mechanism. What I like to do is to come up with three to four objectives that balance the sort of the immediate urgency of marketing and, and driving results, but also do it in a way that is sustainable, drives results that can grow over time. Uh, we always stick to the, the following format. The objective is really, why are you here? What's the reason you're doing this? You're doing marketing. So for example, an objective could be to drive demand for our products and services. And then the key result is something that you can use to measure your progress against that objective during a quarter. So for driving demand, it could be um, growing uh, the demand gen funnel with 50 leads, so it's 50 MQLs, marketing qualified leads. So it's easy to count. So it's a good key result that you can measure. You can also always you know, find out where you are in a given week or a given part of the quarter. So that's what we uh, we like to, to do, objective key result. And then you often see also actions or activities or action steps um, um, below the key result. What are the things you're going to do to achieve that key result? So uh, staying with this example, if your objective is to drive demand for your product and services, a key result would be to drive a certain a number, let's say 50 new marketing qualified leads that are handed to the sales team. Then the activities, the actions that you deployed during the quarter could be, for example, uh, execute ABM campaigns to two specific verticals with a clear ICP, optimize prospect lead nurture campaigns, um, improve channel attribution to drive optimization and accountability of the different you know, owners of the different channels. So it could be all these actions or activities that drive to that key result. What's important is that those actions are not the key result. What I often see happen when, when teams start with OKRs, that they describe activities and projects as key results. That's really not that helpful. In the end, the key result is the amount of MQLs that you drive. If you do that by doing A or B or C, it doesn't really matter. And those things should also you know, be flexible. If you're trying A, but it doesn't work, then you need to switch to B if that helps you drive your goal you know, to get to your key result. So that's really the way we think about it. objective, key result. And then if it's helpful for your team, you can also list the activities. So what could a good set of OKRs for a marketing team look like? So this first objective, drive demand uh, for your product and services could be sort of the number one objective. It's clear that most marketing organizations are held accountable for that. Key results could be drive a certain number of marketing qualified leads. Uh, maybe something earlier in the funnel, drive a certain number of new subscribers, new contacts. You know, if you want to sort of have a metric 
that helps you um, measure how you're doing on the awareness side earlier in the funnel, top of funnel. Another great um, key result could be that is in the end going to drive um, the revenue down you know, later in the funnel. Uh, how many of your MQLs actually you know, became opportunities or deals in HubSpot? So number of net new qualified deals uh, could be a great key result. So those are all under that first objective of driving demand for your products and services. Then the second objective could be to make sure that your demand gen is sustainable, that it's not just short term. It could be something like um, building a growth flywheel. That could be the objective. So you're not just building demand for one day or one week or one month, but you're building demand that can be sustained. Key results for building that growth flywheel, if that's your objective, are a little bit different. They're also demand gen, but maybe they're a type of a certain quality demand gen. What I like to, for example, have as a key result when it comes to sustainable demand gen is how many leads, or how many MQLs, or how many meetings happened, or how many opportunities came from organic search. So you're taking the specific part of demand gen that is more sustainable and you make it a separate key result to drive real focus on that. Another one could be uh, you get one customer or one lead or one opportunity from an always on referral program, from a new referral program that you're implementing. So the referral program, the fact that you're doing that's the activity, that's not the key result. The key result would be that you get one new customer from that referral program. But if that's your key result, it will also make sure that you actually execute on that activity in the next quarter. Uh, another good example of a building a growth flywheel uh, key result could be um, that you achieve a certain number of keyword phrases in the top 10 search rankings in Google. So if you, for example, today you have 20 keywords or keyword combinations that rank in the top 20 or the top 10. Now maybe for next quarter you say, hey, I want that to be 25. Uh, so five new keywords to rank in the top 20 that did not rank in the top 20 uh, before. So that's objective number two, build a growth flywheel. So objective one is demand gen, and the second objective is to do that in a way that is sustainable. Then a third objective could be a little more strategic because when you're just generating demand, you're not really building for the long term. You may want the third objective to be something like um, building or getting to product market fit in a new uh, market segment. Right? If you're already uh, successful in one part of the market, maybe your strategic uh, priority is to, um, for example, go from SMB to enterprise to a new segment. So your next objective could be to build a new go-to market for a new market segment. So your third objective is to create this new go-to market. And the um, key result could be, hey, you need to have a certain amount of new customer testimonials uh, approved for this new go-to-market or you have found a certain number of leads or lists uh, list entries or new targets uh, that confirm that this go-to-market is viable or you have completed defining your icp that's a more binary uh, key result so that could be your third objective and then your fourth objective if you want to have four could be something more around the roi of marketing getting your acquisition cost, your customer acquisition cost from 
let's say, uh, $1,500 to $1,400, a very specific key result. And you can come up with other um, um, metrics or key results that are about savings of cost as well. Right? Maybe you um, have something like a cost per click number that you need to get under control. Or you need to get your conversion rate up for a certain type of marketing you're doing. So that's the way I think about OKRs for a marketing team, like always these sort of four things. Drive demand in general, just the absolute driving demand uh, objective, because that's the first job of every marketer. Then the second objective is all around doing that in a high quality, sustainable way, building a growth flywheel. The third objective is all about maybe the strategic side of marketing, building the next go-to market. It could also be a product launch, something like that. And then the fourth one is to do all this at reasonable cost with a good ROI and some key results that really help you a step by step. Thank you.